Blog Talk Radio. All right. Well, let's take our let's take our song book. Let's turn to 485. Stand together. 485. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know they'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have a loving Savior up in glory land. I don't expect to stop until I will stand. He's waiting now for me in heaven's open door, and I can't Feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back through heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't. Feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. And it's good to be in church tonight. I feel at home here. Amen. With y'all, praise God. I don't feel at home everywhere, but I do feel at home here. Amen. And it's good to be in church tonight. And I want to welcome in all that's watching in the service tonight, and I hope that they'll get a blessing from it. And sometimes I forget they're there. Just set it and go. But kind of like Ronco, I set it and forget it. But, you know, but sometimes I need to remember they're there. And uh, we want them to know we're glad that they are. Prayer requests tonight. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Over a 
the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow, follow along. Walking in his footsteps till the crown be won. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I would follow on. Follow, follow, I would follow Jesus. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow on. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go. Where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. With his hand to lead me, I would never, never dear. Danger cannot fright me if my Lord is near. Oh, holy, free. 
Proverbs 21 through 26. I said 20, didn't I? 21 through 26. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and we're just going to read verses 1 through 26 tonight. Get the whole picture of the chapter as we read. Let's go ahead and do that. The Bible says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the game thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up. And the clouds drop down the dew. Now tonight's text. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life to thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. May he add his blessing to the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne tonight. Lord, we are so thankful that we are on the winning side, that we are aligned with you, Father. We're thankful tonight that we, are, we can say with a firm conviction that we are your children and our names are written down in that book of life you've got in heaven. That Lamb's book of life, we're thankful tonight that we know that we know that our sins have been put under the blood of Jesus and that we are forgiven and that we have been made a part of the family of God tonight. We're thankful for that. Lord, help us to crack the lid on your treasure chest tonight. And Lord, look at all the wonderful things that we have that are there for the taking if we'll simply lay hold upon the wisdom that's offered freely and liberally to us Help us tonight, Lord, to take these things, these truths, to make them a part of our, our, our memory, Lord, to hide them in our heart, as David said, that we not only might not sin against God, but that we might communicate them to others who are 
who are in need of these truths. Father, help us tonight to receive so we may give. Lord, that's truly the reason we're to get it, is to give it away. Help us tonight to be uh, good vessel carriers, Lord, that we might carry this message to those that need it. And we'll give you praise for it. We'll give you glory. And we ask you to speak to us tonight and teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, we're going to get into it tonight, and we're going to look tonight at, again, these advantages, if you will, of learning God's wisdom. Amen. We're going to look at verses 21 through 26 tonight. And beginning there in verse 21, let's go ahead and read verse 21. He said, My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So what is he saying not to let depart from your eyes? He's saying don't let wisdom and discretion, don't let sound wisdom and discretion depart from your eyes. Amen. God wants us to keep his commandments and his will always before us, always in front of our eyes and always in our heart. So that, that you know, David did a lot of meditating on God, right? That, I mean, that was one reason why God said he was a man after his own heart, because David, David meditated on the Scriptures. And, and I know we use that word meditate, and some people get all squirrely. What are you talking about? I know I had a guy over in Paris, he was, if I used the word meditate, he thought I was getting new age. And that, all it means is to think upon, to, to, to ponder on. And we ought to do that. We ought to ponder and, and think upon the things of God. And, and, and God wants us to, again, keep those in front of our eyes. That means we need to read our Bible every day. That means we need to spend considerable time with God and, and communion with him and fellowship with him and, and learning and letting the Holy Spirit of God guide us and lead us and teach us things of God. And, and, and those things God wants us to do regularly. And God wants us to not just see it, but God wants us to put it in our heart and keep it there. And, and what do we keep it there for? We keep it there for motivation. It should be our motivation in life. God's Word ought to be our motivator. Amen? Not, not somebody telling you what you need to do. Not what everybody else is doing. Not, not, not trying to keep up with the Joneses. Not, not trying to get ahead. Not, not trying to, to, to uh, suit or please anybody else. But God, and, and his word ought to be our motivation. Again, his will ought to be our motivation. So we ought to, number one, we ought to always keep it in view. He says, so let, let it not depart from thine eyes. Let it not depart from thine eyes. I thought about Hebrews 12, too. Looking, speaking of our eyes, looking unto Jesus. That's the direction God says we're to be looking. We're to be looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. I mean, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be saved. So we're to be looking to him. He's the obvious place for us to look. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, because he knew that it would mean us in heaven, he endured the cross, went through the nakedness, the the, the, the torn flesh, the, the horrible shame of being nailed, crucified, naked to a cross. And he went through it for us, and he sat down at the right hand of God in heaven. We ought to always have that in view, what he did for us. And it ought to always remind us, if he went that far for us, we're not going near far enough for him. And it ought to remind us daily that we ought to keep our nose to the grindstone, so to speak, in our relationship with God. All right? 
it's telling us it's telling us here to always keep it in view. Uh, in other words, he's saying he's saying let it not depart from your eyes. Don't let your eyes wander after this world. You know, it's not it's not hard to do because this world is constantly working to distract us. I always think about you know people driving down the highway and they put those great big billboards up there. And they're there to distract you, to draw you away, to get you thinking about buying a product. And the devil, he's, he has all kinds of things that he brings up before us constantly to keep our eyes focused off of God's will, focused after this world and what it can bring us and what it can give us. You know, First John 2.16 talks about the lust of the eyes. Amen? It talks about uh, the lust of the eyes is of the world and is not of the Father. And and. and the Bible tells us there in that scripture that it'll take away our love for the Father. If we start lusting after this world, and, and you know, and I don't think anybody in here is, is in danger of doing it necessarily, but we need to always remember that because the devil always is looking for an avenue. And if he finds something that you like so much that it'll take your, your attention off of God, he'll throw it your way. It may not be no big deal. It might just be something's important to you. Might not hit anybody else the same way. It might just be the thing that trips your trigger. It might be the thing that distracts you. Uh, it doesn't always have to be something fancy and shiny. It might just be something tugs at your heartstrings and pulls you in the wrong direction. We have to be careful to always put God before us and not anything else because it'll take away our love for the Father. We need to realize how serious it is may seem like a harmless thing, but if it takes our time and our attention away from God who deserves our time and attention, then it makes that thing an accursed thing because it gets before God and it gets in his place. So he's telling us that we need to gauge our walk and and, and keep our heart with the Lord. We're, we're to keep our heart with him, amen, and, and keep it ever before our eyes so we need to we need to gauge our walk by the word, not by others. You know, I, I know I know we don't do it on purpose, but a lot of times we try to see where we're at spiritually, and we do that by examining somebody else spiritually and saying, Well, I'm better than they are. But you don't know what they're really like. You don't know what they're going through. They may be they may be worse off than you are. You can only see the surface. So don't ever gauge your spiritual life by where somebody else is at. You gauge it by where you were at yesterday. Because you're not in competition with anybody else. You're, you're only in competition with you and where you were the day before. Ephesians 5, 14 through 17, the Bible said, tells us, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Now that one that sleepest, that's the one that they've gone to sleep with on God. You know, it's like a night watchman sitting there. Uh, you know, in a town where I grew up, there was a night watchman sitting in a pickup truck, and he had, a, he had a big old thing of keys on his hip, and I figure he had a pistol in his truck and a flashlight. You know, and, and his he had one job. It was to sit down there and make sure all the... All the stores down there, we didn't have a square. We had a triangle. We didn't have three sides. But anyway, he sat down on the triangle, and he made sure everything, you know, was locked up and didn't get broke into. That's his one job, you know. And, 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 and our job is to be a watchman for God. And the Bible tells us, awake thou that sleepest. Why? Because, why does God say that? He says that because we're prone to go sleep on the job. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. We sit there, act like we act like we're dead. We're dead to the things of God sometimes. And the Bible says that if we'll wake up and arise, Christ shall give thee light. Amen. That's kind of like coming to God for wisdom, isn't it? Amen. I mean, that light that the Bible's talking about that Christ gives us is, is the knowledge of God. That's wisdom. That is what we're talking about here tonight. So 
if Christ gives us light, he's given us the wisdom of God. And the Bible tells us, see then, since it says Christ has given you light, see if you understand now how to walk, see then that you walk circumspectly. In other words, now that you're able to see around you, make sure you're walking around you. Now that God has shined the light on your path, use it to cry out loud. Make sure that you're walking carefully according to his word. Not as fools, but as wise people. Fools are those who are not paying attention to what God has to say. They're just doing their own thing through life, and they're not, they're not accountable to God at all. The Bible says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In other words, making the very most of your time, getting all that you can get out of it. Amen. Getting the value of every day. Like, like I've said before, if you want to be the man of the hour, make every minute count. That's how you do that. Amen. We're to make the most of our time, the Bible says, because the days are evil and they're just getting worse. Wherefore, he says, be you not unwise. So he, he said, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So if you want to be unwise, it's, it's just not caring what God's will is. That's what God's telling us there. So if we want to be wise, we need to pay attention and, and put God's word ever before us so that we're, 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 we're right there and God's speaking to us and showing us and teaching us what he wants us to do with our lives. Second of all, he said, always keep it in our heart. We ought to always keep it in our heart, amen? He says, keep sound wisdom and discretion. So that's where we keep it. David said, you know, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So why do we keep it? Well, it's a sin deterrent. Again, we need it there. You know, if, if we've hid the Word of God in our heart, we've hid His commandments in our heart, and we go to do something that we shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit says, pulls that verse out and says, uh-huh, God said that. And then, you know, you, you, and then you're arguing with the Spirit of God at that point, whether or not you're going to go ahead and do it. It's a sin to turn. It's kind of hard to argue with God when He points out His Word to you. Amen? It's a good thing to hide it in your heart. You ought to memorize it. Amen? And it also, we keep it in our heart as a standard or a gauge for decision-making. Let God's Word have veto power in your life. Let it have the final say, not you, but God's Word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is quick, it's alive, and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It'll take, and listen, it'll take you down to, to what you bear, the bare essentials of who you are. God will cut you down to where there ain't no, well, I just feel like this, or I just, well, I've always believed this. God will cut all that junk out of the way. God will bring you right down to truth. Put that point right against your chest and say, this is it. Amen? My word is final. No matter what you think or what, you, what you've been told. Amen? He'll cut right down, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is a scalpel, and he'll dissect us, amen, when we read it. And that's why we need it in our heart, amen, because junk grows in us sometimes. Final things grow in us that shouldn't be there. They grow in our old dead, moldy flesh, and God's word will cut that junk loose and get it off of us. Amen. All right, second of all, I said number one, we're to keep God's commandment and will in front of our eyes and in our heart as motivation. But number two, we're to heed his word, heed his word and use his wisdom. And to do it will be an incredible advantage. Incredible. I mean incredible. Look at verse 22. So shall they be life unto thy soul. 
and grace to thy neck. So God's word, if we'll heed it, if we we put it in front of us and we say, this is my standard for living, and we hide it in our heart as a protection and all those things, and if we walk according to it, the Bible just said it'll be an, it'll be an incredible advantage. Number one, in terms of strength and satisfaction. Listen, it'll be it'll be life to thy soul. Life to thy soul. It'll be what keeps you going when you get weary. It's life to your soul. Amen. <clears throat> Listen, life, just living life will wear you out. Troubles and other people that bring them into your life, they will just it'll just wear you down. I'm telling you, I got it piled on me right now, piled on me. But you know what? I get up every day and I just, I'm just fine. You know why? Because God's in control. I'm not. If I was in control, I'd be a shaky, nervous wreck up here probably. But I, I thank God I don't have to be in control. I gave that to Him. Amen. Listen, it'll be life to you. So it'll it, again, it keeps you going. It'll be what stirs you. When you begin to get lazy, Amen. Again, if you're reading God's word and you start getting lazy on God, God's got a way of saying, "Hey, get up off your." Telling you that your life is short, and that He's made you for His purpose. God has a way. The Holy Spirit of God has a way of taking the scriptures and showing you, "Hey, look what I look what I did through this guy. Look what I did through this woman. Hey, I could do that with you if you just." God has a way of showing you those things in His Word. I said it, it, it'll have been an advantage to you in terms of strength and satisfaction. It is your spiritual life. It is your walk with God. I mean, your time with God, that, again, that, that it is your spiritual life. And the question is, do you have one? Do you have a walk with God? And I, I'm assuming you do. I never asked you, pointed and pinpointed you and pigeonholed you and said, hey, do you have a walk with God? How often do you read your Bible? Do you spend time with God every day? No, I'm not going to get in your business to ask you that point blank. But you know what? If you haven't done that lately, you ought to get back into it. You need to spend time with God every day. The person who's strong is the one who does. I'll put it that way. Because you know what? It's life-giving. That book's life-giving. Amen. It, I mean, it will. It'll build you up. It'll lift you up when you're down. It, and when you don't like you take another step, God's Word will pick you up, put you back up on your feet. <clears throat> It'll be your advantage to you in terms of honor and reputation. The Bible said it shall be grace to thy neck. Again, we talked about it before, like a chain, like a, like a golden medallion that identifies you. It, 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 it identifies you as... as it's, it's there not only to identify you to other people, but it's there to remind you, too, who you serve and represent. In other words, that truth, we're talking about, we're talking about the truth of God's Word. When God, when God, Holy Spirit, begins to teach you God's way of doing things, God's way of viewing things, God, God's mercy, His, His grace, when you begin to understand how God loves and when you begin to understand how God how God deals with people, and he does things different than we do things. And when you begin to understand the way God moves more, listen, it, it, it's going to help you. Amen? And, and others, listen, others begin to notice there's something different about you. You just don't seem to look at the world the way everybody else does. Uh, uh, you're, you're solid where everybody else falls apart. God will, 
build you up and make you strong and give you an honor and a reputation with others. Amen. It, it asserts that he said grace to thy neck. Again, it's, uh, it's like a gold chain. It's there to remind us who we serve and represent and to remind others who we serve and represent. It's there to remind us that we have been forgiven, that we've been washed clean, that we are in his family. And not only that, it ought to remind us that we're being observed and we're being watched by a whole world out there that knows we belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if we're not being a very good child, we're not being a very good representative of him, amen, we ain't got much of a testimony. And we're not, we're not honoring him. But, boy, I tell you what, if we get in his word and we start getting closer to him, we start drawing nearer to him every day, and we start asking him to guide us in every, everything that we do, God will bless us. God will bless us, and he'll bless you. Maybe you ain't had a good, a good reputation before, but God can change all those things. I mean, all it takes is walking with God in time. Eventually, eventually even your enemies will, have to, will give you credit. Hey, you know, can't find no fault in them. I can't find that point of finger at. Amen. You know, good living is the best revenge. That's what they always say. Just just live for God and do right. Amen. Just serve God and, and don't worry about it. That's the best revenge is because you're going to be blessed and they're going to see that you're blessed. You know, I mean, and, and it ought to remind us, you know what? It ought to remind us of our need for God's grace and our need for his wisdom. Listen, we didn't come by it on our own. We never have come by it on our own. It ought to remind us every day. You know what? I gotta go back to the well. I, I can't. I, I, I don't have enough to last me forever. I don't. I don't. When I talk to God up to this point, I can't just go off and on my own and ignore Him. Listen, I, I won't retain all that. God ain't gonna bless me. The Holy Spirit of God wants me to spend time with the Father. Amen. He ain't got a reserve tank I built up, so I'm just going about my own business. And the Holy Spirit of God just keep dealing with me like before. No, there must be a fellowship. Always. In order, for, in order for God to be pleased in my life, I need to spend time constantly, daily. I said that it will be an incredible advantage to us in terms of strength and satisfaction, in terms of honor and reputation, but in terms of safety and security. Look at verse 23. That's where we're going, we're going to read. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. Again, in terms of safety and security. You know, in, I, in Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, it talks about, it speaks of righteousness in the way we're talking of wisdom right here. I want you to listen to what Isaiah thirty-two seventeen says. It says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. So the work of righteousness is peace, and the effect of it is quietness and assurance. Well, you could say the very same thing about wisdom, because I mean, when we look at righteousness again, righteousness and wisdom—I I, don't—I have a hard time separating those two things, because again, we're talking about—we're talking about Christ. We're talking about the presence of Christ. We're talking about the manifestation of Christ in our life, and it, that is righteousness, and, and and God's wisdom pours out of that righteousness. So the effects are the same of righteousness and wisdom. So you could just interject the word wisdom there in, in Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, and the work of wisdom shall be peace. Because, listen, if we're wise, we're going to seek out the, the most peaceful way. Right? 
If we're wise, we're not going to seek to get in a conflict. We're going to seek to avoid the conflict. The way of wisdom is peace. Amen. The way of righteousness is peace. To do it God's way rather than our way, the way of the flesh. The effect of righteousness or the effect of wisdom in our life is quietness because we've chosen the right way. We've chosen the best way. Amen. Quietness. That means our life ain't full of turmoil everywhere and assurance forever. It's a knowledge that, you know what, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm saved forever, I, and I'm blessed, and I have God's favor, and I know it. And, and you know what? I can walk with confidence and assurance because of that. Amen? And you know what? Walking with God and having that relationship with him daily gives me that and assures me of that day by day by day. And it will do it, number one, in your daily life. I want you to notice here. I want you to read verse 23 through 26. Just read that. Thou shalt walk in thy way safely. And thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Thou be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now, that's what we're going to focus on that on our way till we come to the end of this. So he's saying, in, our, in the effects of righteousness and wisdom, again, they're the same, but the safety and security that they provide, number one, in our daily life. Somebody made this comment, and I thought it was really good. It says, and I I know I I use the word religion very, well, I don't like to use the word religion, but you've got to understand when I say religion. I mean, I'm talking about our, our walk with Christ. It says here, he says, if religion be your companion, it shall be your convoy. Now, what's a convoy? I remember back in the 70s. Matter of fact, it's the first 45 I ever bought in my life. It's C.W. McCall's Convoy. I bought it at Gibson's in Paris. But I remember that. Y'all remember that movie, All Them Truckers? And they, matter of fact, they had one of those going in Canada here recently. Matter of fact, still be going up. It may still be going. I don't know. But when they when all them trucks get in that convoy, they don't stop it, right? I mean, how are you going to stop all them trucks? You just can't, all right? And and that's what he's saying. When you, when you get... When you get laying up with God, who's going to get your way? Hey, Amen. If your walk with God is the main thing in your life, how in the world is anything going to stop you? If God is leading and you're following God, how is anything going to stop you? It has to stop God to stop you. Amen. So in other words, in your daily life, everyday life, then you need God, walking with God every single day. Verse 23, then shalt thou walk in thy way safely. What the Bible says. So we're talking about the effects of wisdom on your physical life. And, and your physical life and all that pertains to your physical life are under, are under the protection of God's provision. You're walking with God. You're close to God. Amen. You're staying, you're staying right with God. You've got the promise of God's protection over your life. Listen to Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Where, therefore... Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or his wisdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, again, if you if you live with God... What does it mean? You've got, you've got the, the, the supplier of all things walking with you. 
If you're talking with him, what do you need? Can God provide for you? Yes. Amen? Do you need God's provision in your life? I do. I don't know about you, but I need him to provide for me. I have, I have things. I have a wish list that's bigger than I can, than I can meet. Amen? My wish list goes far beyond my billfold. My wish list is not necessarily money. It's things that money can't buy. It's, it's, it's relationship being fixed and, and things of that nature. I mean, I, I'm asking for God to do some things that look impossible but to, uh, with the naked eye, but I know God is able to do all things, so I don't worry. I, I, you know, that's what God's saying here. He said, quit worrying about simple stuff. He said, you seek first. So, in other words, all the worries and the things of life that get in the way, you've got to put them down, God says. You put those things down, and you ask you ask me what you want me to do, what, what I want you to do, God saying. You seek what I want first, and I'll make sure you get your stuff taken care of. That's what God's saying. God's instead of, instead of you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, Riding with somebody to the store, and they say, and you know, and you're saying, well, I got to make sure I get all my stuff taken care of. They said, look, we'll go for it, and we, and and you go with me, and I'll make sure you get everything you need. I'll make sure you get everything you need. You know, God, God's that way. God loves us. You know, God wants to bless us. You know, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. He says so in His Word. And I'm not telling you, and you know, I'm not telling you that if you you start walking with God, God will make you rich and give you all your wildest dreams and all that. No, we know that ain't so. He says the kingdom of God. He's talking about His stuff. He's talking about He's talking about good things that He wants to do and good things that He that He'll bless you in doing if you'll join Him in the effort. And He said, I'll make sure you're taken care of along the way. So he's talking about in our daily life, but not only that, uh, you know, not only our physical things that pertain to our physical life, but but our spiritual life and all that pertains to it are under God's grace. I said our physical life is under his provision. He provides for us, but our spiritual life is under God's grace. In Jude, verse 24, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I love that verse. First of all, I can't keep myself from falling. He keeps me from falling. He paid for me. He's not going to lose what he paid for. So he's keeping me from falling, and not only from falling, but the best part, the Bible says, is to present me faultless. He's going to present me. He's going to present you someday in glory we're going to be presented. Jesus is going to introduce us to the Father. And they're like, he can't introduce us, but he, he's going to present us before the Father and say, I died for him. I died for her. They love me. They love you. Father, this is, this is, I mean, you know, we're going to stand there. We're going to be presented to God. Can you imagine what that moment's going to be like when you're standing there and Jesus is introducing you to his Father? Can you imagine? Amen. But you know what? We already know him. Amen. This is what we Amen. We already know him. We've been spending time with him. We know him. And God, you know, and, and the Bible says he's going to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jesus is going to be excited. Excited for us. 
to be there with him in glory. Amen? You think about that. He's going to be so excited for us to be there with him. Don't you think he's excited for us to do things with him now? He would be so excited if, 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 if maybe somewhere tonight... I'll tell you, when you start spending time with God, doing things with God, you find He can do better than most people can. Amen. He, I mean, He can do better than anybody else can. He'll do things in your life nobody could do. God will start blessing you. You get next to Him. He wants to. God's like that. Amen. I said He'll the effects of righteousness and wisdom again uh, in your daily life, in your spiritual life. He said. He, he said. No. Okay, I, I got off track here. Uh, all right. In your daily life, but also in your rest by night. God will give you safety and security again in your daily life and in your spiritual life, but also when you lay your head down at night. Verse 24, look at it. He said, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. And I know not everybody in here probably sleeps good at night. But I want you to read what the Bible says. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Things are prone to trouble us when we lay our head down on the pillow at night. When everything gets still and the noises are gone and it's just there on us and our thoughts, that's when we tend to get bothered. But if we're right with God, if we're talking to God, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of fire. We don't have to be afraid of thieves. We don't have to be afraid of ghosts. We don't have to be afraid of things to go bumping tonight. I, re- I learned something today. Y'all, y'all ever heard of a specter? That term? Seeing a specter? That's an old-timey word for a ghost. I was reading Matthew Henry today, and he said something about seeing a specter, and I thought, what is a specter? Well, it's an old-timey word for a ghost. Now, I don't believe in seeing ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't know if you do or not, but I don't believe in ghosts. The Bible don't talk about ghosts, not like that, anyway. They don't talk about us seeing ghosts uh, regularly. I know, I know. Samuel saw. He's, he's. I mean, uh, Saul seen Samuel, but I don't want to be in that kind of condition. Amen. <laughs> With a witch, but I can tell you this. I, I listen. I God, God has God has allowed me to see things sometimes. There, when I was a little kid, He allowed me to see my great grandmother. I saw what I thought was her. I probably, I probably wasn't her. She passed away. And, and uh, and I didn't get to see her before she died. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and she was standing in my doorway. And she waved and was gone. Now, I don't believe that was her. I believe God let me see that for me to get closure. But I don't believe in ghosts. I know when you die, the Bible says to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. So if I seen something, it wasn't her. It was just God let me have closure. But, no. When you lay your head down on the pillow, y'all not worry about stuff. Y'all not worry about Listen. If God's in control, you don't have to worry. You know, if we've given it to God, we ought to be able to leave it there. We ought not. We ought not sit and try to try to handle something that we couldn't handle before. There's a reason we laid it on the altar to begin with. It's because it was either too heavy, or it was troubling us, or it was hurting us, and we didn't know what to do with it. So we laid it down and said, "God, please take it." The worst thing we can do is go back here and pick it up and try to handle it because it'll keep you up at night. It'll make you sick at your stomach, and, it, and it's sinful to, to take hold of something we've laid down and given to God. 
Psalm 121, verse 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep, neither slumber nor sleep. Think about that. He keeps Israel. Think about how many enemies Israel has surrounded by enemies. I mean, the Muslims all around Israel would destroy Israel if they could. They want to destroy Israel. They plot to destroy Israel constantly. And yet those people lay down every night and go to sleep over there because God's in control of it. And, and you know what? And they don't even believe on him like they should, but yet God's faithful even though they're not. It's amazing how good God is. Psalm 4, verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Again, if you've left it with God, you don't have to go back and check it. God is able. Amen. Psalm 116, verse 7, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Again, a good conscience equals good sleep. If there's something bothering you, go to God with it. And if, it's, if it's still bothering you, it's because you haven't properly dealt with it. If it's still worrying you, it's because you haven't completely let God have it. If you still got anxiety, it's because God is not in control of the thing that's causing your anxiety. Give it to God, and God will give you sleep. All right, I said the effects of righteousness in your daily life, in your rest by night, number three, in your troubles and dangers. In your troubles and dangers, and we all have them. But see, righteousness will keep us. Righteousness will steady us. Verse 25, it says, be not afraid of sudden fear. You know, that's things that caught you off guard. That's things that, 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 that you weren't expecting. You didn't have time to get ready for. Something bad just, boom, it happened. You didn't expect it. It's out of the blue. Are you going to fall apart? Are you going to hold together? What are you going to do? Well, you know what? If we're tight with God, if we're walking with God and we're close to him and we've been talking to him, and something bad happens, you know what we remember? The God who brought me this far didn't bring me this far to leave me. God's got me in this too. Amen. I'm telling you, when you're walking with God and you're close to God, the wisdom of God will tell you don't panic. I've seen this coming before it happened. It may have been a shock to you, but it worked to me. Nothing catches God off guard. God never said, oh, whoops, or oh, no. Amen. First Corinthians fourteen thirty three. I always remember this. The Bible says, "For God is not the author of confusion." If confusion has hit me, I need to remember that that's the devil. That ain't God. Amen. I need to remember that. Amen. He said, "But of peace, as in all the churches of the saints." Amen. You go into church. Amen. I mean, if it's a church, it's God's church. If it's a right church, Amen. One that believes the Bible, there ain't confusion in there. There's peace in the church house, and God's telling us, "Listen, that's the way it ought to be in your heart." Even in troubles, even in dangers, even in dire circumstances, amen? If, if we're in a fellowship with God, walking with God, then with nothing between us, we are but a word away from help, amen? And from the steadying anchor of our soul, but a word away. God help, just like Peter that night, that night when he got all the boats there walking to Jesus. All he had to do was say, Lord, save me, and Jesus reached down and got his hand. Amen? And that's where we're at. Listen to me. We're on the waves of this world sometimes, and we know we ain't got no business walking there. And we feel ourselves sinking. We're just a cry out to him, just the same as Peter did. Let me remind you of something. Preachers always write about Peter. I don't know what the truth of it is. The other kept his rear end in the boat because Jesus never 
And the Bible says here that God promises a strong confidence. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Is that saying that, that if America falls, it won't hurt us? No. But here's what it's saying. If, even if America falls, we'll still have a firm footing to stand on. Even if everything crumbles around us, we'll still be, we'll still be standing on the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. It can't nothing move us there. Amen. As I was finishing up this, the, the the notes for this message, I happened to think about the song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. His oath, His covenant, His blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. I'm so glad to be saved. I'm so glad that I'm a child of God. I'm so glad that, that God gives wisdom freely and, 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 and liberally and that he wants me to have it and that, and that it, will, it will lead me in the right way. It will bless me. It will it'll, it'll open up my path before me. God, God will do tremendous things with me if I'll just trust him and seek him. And, and, and let him teach me, let him lead me, and he'll do the very same thing for you or anybody else. And, and what, a, what a blessing that is. I mean, we've got an opportunity before us that, that we, we'd be fools to pass up. Amen? That's why he says, see them that you want circumspectly. Look around. See them all there before you, making sure you're stepping in where God wants you to step, not as fools, because so many people are so foolish with their life, and they throw it away. And they're going to come to the end of it and look back and say, well, I should have done something for God. Too late now. No way to be too late. Amen? Let's, let's see what God will do with us if we'll just, we'll just let, our, let him have our lives. Amen? Let's stand together. And my hope and prayer is for every single person. Try him and see if he won't prove himself. Because he's never failed, ever. I never know anybody who ever came to me and said, you know, you told me to trust God. Man, I did, and it didn't work out. I've never had anybody come back to me and say, you, you lied to me about that. You know why? Because I, it ain't no lie. God won't throw anybody away. God won't kick anybody out. God will never turn anybody, slap anybody's hand. God is waiting to give. Father, I thank you tonight.